You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. everyone and welcome to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. I'm your host KC and joining me tonight I have my co-host Ravsig. Hello! Good evening. Welcome, welcome to the Sega Lounge. Your first time Thank here, you. right? It is and I hope it's the first of many. Yeah, we'll see about that. Depends on how uh, the interview goes. S- spoilers, <laughs> There, there's technical difficulties. <laughs> well, at least for my side. If you like Casey's voice, then you will be hearing a lot of it during the interview. And suddenly our listening numbers dropped. Uh, (laughs) So welcome welcome to the the Sega Lounge. Uh, We have a a great show for you guys uh, tonight. We were having a a really nice chat with the guys from Lizard Cube, guys working on a remake of Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap. Uh, it was definitely they they were really nice guys they, they they kept talking about a lot of multiple subjects and and it was interesting and also the um, the challenge the the challenge is going to be interesting i, I indeed. can tell you that indeed indeed what's going to happen we'll need to stay tuned and, and find out uh-huh. yeah later on during the show uh, we also have a new um, edition or episode of Memories of Sega by Winnie With You, this time focusing on uh, Dynamite Decker or Die Hard Arcade. Ah, that's the right name. <laughs> uh, that's not the right name. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it, they are both the right name. But, uh, yeah. uh, Die I, Hard Arcade in the I'm, West. I'm just a little bit of a purist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eh. Bruno, Bruno Willis is the name of the character. Bruno Willis. Uh, Bruce Dilling. <laughs> uh, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno McLean. I don't know. Doesn't it, it doesn't have much to do with Die Hard, but you know. Uh, when was you actually yeah. mentioned that? Uh, yeah. During I, I the, the, this week's episode, so something to look forward to. Um, of course, you you can you can also join us by going to Discord, and uh, that's radio se.ga forward slash Discord. That's the link you can uh, go to in order to join other people listening to the show. We might be there, might not. We, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're recording this one day earlier, so who knows what will happen. But you can still join us there. You can also tweet at Radio Sega and use the hashtag the Sega Lounge and uh, let us know what you're uh, thinking of this uh, third season of the Sega Lounge. Any thoughts on the interview, on the news that we'll, we'll be sharing soon? Let us know. It's all great fun. Uh, so, oh, speaking yeah. of news, speaking of news, let's start news. with news. And Rafsig, you have the privilege of t- taking us through the, the news. It's It's been oh. a couple of weeks since we had a show because I've been very, 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 very sick. Uh, almost. I, I thought I was a goner this time, I, I, I'll be honest. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm back. And so let's do some quick catching up on on some news not much has happened i yeah, think I'm worth not mentioning i'm not even going to joke about that 
I was gonna die. Uh, yeah. So let's. Uh, uh, the world would be would have been a better place, but sadly, uh, uh, it's still the same. So Ravsik, on oh, that positive okay, note, take it away. On a very positive note, especially for Res fans, and there are a lot of them. At least of its music, right? Res music gets requested a lot on Radio Sega. As it should. There, there is going to be um, a, a limited edition for physical copies of Res Infinite, the game that's coming to the PlayStation VR. It's exclusive to the I am 8-bit site. And the retail is going to be around um, $40, but there's a vinyl set with a lot of goods that's $75. Yep. So on, if, if you're other... a, a hardcore fan, yeah, you should, you should yep. consider and getting the, it. Yeah. And the listing of those goods is pretty big, so mm-hmm. that there's another another motiva- motivation for for the, the big package. Yeah, just a, a quick note. The game is also available for people without PlayStation VR, so people with just yeah, playing PS4 true. can also play it, so that's a plus. Definitely. It's it's compatible, but not exclusive to the VR, indeed. So there's also, uh, the you know, Game Atelier? It, they revealed that Gamescom a new trailer of their Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom game, which is highly anticipated, at least by the, the Sega nerds. And me. <laughs> and me. <laughs> and yeah. Casey. Yeah. Uh, it's m- going to be released on the PS4, on mm-hmm. the Xbox One, and on the PC. Yep, and it's coming later this year. Uh, it's, it's been delayed a couple of times, I think. But for good reasons, because the, they... I think they got more people, uh, more of the original people involved and whatnot. So this is actually a bit related to this week's interview with the Lizard Cube guys. This is yet another... They they know each other, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll mention that in in the interview. Yeah, they uh, This is actually another uh, Wonder Boy or Monster World remake of sorts. And hopefully we'll get... Uh, the guys from the game atelier. Uh, uh, this should be French. This should be the game atelier. I tried to, to get my uh, best French accent, but uh. yeah, uh, I don't think anyone in the world uh, can can stand me at this point. I've I've mocked basically every language in the world. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll Even try we'll try to have the 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 guys from from this company on on the Sega Lounge soon to talk about the game but uh, yeah that, that would be that would be really interesting I wonder what they would say about um, Lizard Cube guys I wonder if they would be just as nice <laughs> they'll say so, uh, what? We, we never we never met them I don't know what you're yeah. talking about went to school with them Ooh. nah nah that's not that's nah, not nah, true. nah 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 that guy is a liar yeah nah. probably Oh well, and he about and a little a little bit more of of news. The yearly iteration of Football Manager, this time it's going to be 2017, is going to be to be released officially on November 4th. The date is already set, and as usual, since it got to Steam, the 
pre-purchasers get the beta version two weeks earlier. Yep. And there's also a discount for people who own previous versions of a Football oh, Manager. It? Yeah. I don't think this... We're, we're looking uh, at the Second Nerds website, but uh, they, they don't mention this, but... Uh, but yeah, but uh, Sports Interactive announced that people who own previous versions of Football Manager, I think it's up to, uh, I think it's up to 2013. Nice. Or something. That uh, helps me. <laughs> sorry. That's going to help. That's going to help my wallet then. Yeah, I, I actually have an email by them. Uh, so yeah, it's called the FM17 loyalty offer. And they uh, so so for fans, uh, loyal fans of the series, uh, we get a five percent off discount for each tile that uh, we own for PC, Mac, or Linux since 2013. Nice. So if you own uh, Football Manager 2013, f uh, 14, 15, and 16, you have uh, a possible discount of twenty percent off FM 17. So it's not right. bad at all. Definitely not. Yeah. There's a lot of FM players and there's a lot of Radio Sega listeners. But then again, just how how many are there in common? Um, uh, That's a good question. <laughs> not not many, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. I think the same. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I hope guys and gals prove me wrong on Discord while they hear this. I, I want to to hear to hear a lot of people saying, "Hey, I listen to Radio Sega and I play Football Manager as well," and yeah. getting us flooded on Twitter. That would be awesome. Do it. Yeah. And on more news, since apparently 1991 was a busy year for Sega, there's another 25th anniversary. Puyo Puyo or Dr. Robotics Min Bin Machine if you weren't aware of the original of the original name when it came out here. Um, he is also Turner turning a quarter century old and Sega has announced Puyo Puyo Chronicle to, to commemorate the anniversary. Yep. It will be it's going to be an RPG. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. With a classic, with classic gameplay features. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. With Arl, the the, the the main protagonist again. Mm -hmm. All right. I, th I think a lot of people are going to be happy with this. I know I am. <laughs> yep. Although I don't so know I. what our chances of getting this uh, in the West are at the moment. So, oh well. Yeah. Let's hope it's not another PSO2. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't okay, even I, know I, what a PSO2 is uh, yeah. at, at, at anymore. Okay, so... Set time. So let's move controversy, controversy aside and going into the tastiest piece of news we have, right? Which is for all the Sega Hard Girls fans. Hey. People are getting an RPG on North America and Europe. That's a crossover with Super Dimension Neptune. It's coming mid-October, and you will be playing with the Sega Hard Girls on our RPG. 
Yay. Cue an applause SFX, please. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll add it to the recording afterwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's a pretty pretty great news for for the fans. I mean, Sega Hard Girls are on high demand for crossovers, aren't they? Yeah. First they... Dengeki Bunko, now it is. Yeah. So so yeah, it, we we now have a release date, which is nice. So. Uh, October eighteenth in Europe, no, in North America, and October twenty first in Europe. So it's a little, a little less than two months. Uh, yeah, it it flies. It, the time flies. Time anyway. flies. Indeed, it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially if you're listening to Radio Sega. Exactly, and all, all our amazing live shows. <laughs> Shameless play. Definitely, especially now that that Manic Monday is on holiday. <laughs> Uh, you're fired. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah. That's that's all we have for news, right? Yeah. That's. Oh, all, we, that's we should all. we should mention uh, as well uh, Motorsport Manager. We we haven't mentioned that yeah. on 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 the Segalons yet. So that that's a a, a, a new Motor game Sport also coming. Definitely. Probably you haven't heard of it, but since well, motorsport fans and Sega fans aren't really all that in common. But anyway, uh, there there was a motorsport manager game for iOS and I think Android as well that got kind got kind of popular between motorsport fans. It was indie back then, but then Sega of Europe. Uh, lent them a hand and gave them the means to um, to create a full-fledged computer version that looks awesome. So it's coming. It's coming. Uh, they say it's September, but the definite definite day is not certain yet. But it's still a great idea, and it's a great vision by Sega of Europe to to help some. Some indie indie enterprise that enterprise company that looked to be promising and to that created a good game by themselves, and I'm personally really looking forward to it. Yep, uh, and uh, by the way, we have confirmed that uh, Play Sport Games, which is the company behind is, yeah, you know, this, this this new game, uh, will be on the Sega Lounge soon as well. So they'll be sharing some news on on Motorsport Manager. So we actually have lots of exciting interviews coming to the second lounge very very soon. We don't have uh, you know definite dates for some of them yet, so we, we can't really talk about those. But um, yeah, stay tuned because I think September will be a, a very exciting month for listeners of the second lounge, which yep. is pretty much every month. <laughs> Uh, Every yeah, month is some more than others, but uh, we, we try. We try to to get uh, awesome guests on Indeed. on the show. We try. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we, we fail miserably. But yeah. Anyway. No names <laughs> revealed. No, no, no. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, you know, just bash uh, our our guests or our potential guests. But uh, some of you suck. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's it's <laughs> hard. It's hard true. to to clear to clear some uh, one schedule for for this for these kind of things. But yeah. Uh, anyway, it's. I think this these were the news we had for for the week, right, Revsik? 
Yep, that's so, correct. So, what do you think? We we play some music and get straight, jump straight into the interview with uh, Lizard Cube. Sounds Sega good. music, you know, I'm always up for that. Awesome stuff. And so, we'll, we're gonna start by playing uh, probably the the most well known track in the Wonder Boy 3D Dragon Strap uh, game, which is actually called the Dragon Strap. Um, and it makes sense. Uh, it, it does. It so yeah, does. we we asked the the Lizard Q guys uh, to provide some music from the new game, but sadly it's not done yet. So instead they asked us to play music from the original game, and so we're going to do that this, this on this show, um, and a couple of arrangements as well. Some things that uh, are not from the original game, but one is an official mix and the other is a fan-made mix so i'm going to spoil it a little now <laughs> do you're it going <laughs> you're going to listen listen to it if in about half an hour by now but it, it, the, um, the soundtrack for lizard cubes remake the sound really promising from what they talked about yep indeed indeed so something to look forward for this this interview. So definitely, let's let's take definitely. a quick break. Let's play the Dragon Strap, the PSG that's version, it. because that's the one I actually prefer. I don't really enjoy the FM version as much. Um, and PSG and their French Paris Saint Germain. Uh, exactly, exactly. It's a it's uh-huh. a football club, indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> no Ibrahimovic this year, sadly. Um, it is with the great Jose. Uh, Jose, like his Spanish, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how the English people say it. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, w- w- this is not a, a sports show, but you know, it's uh, w- what can we do? I, I, I'm sure, like half of the people listening to us right now, have no clue what we're talking about. Especially those who call the great game soccer. Exactly, exactly. Oh well. It's a shame. So, this is the Dragon's Trap. We'll be right back with Lizard Cube on the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega.
is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. So, okay, everyone, welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. We just played one of the tracks from uh, the original Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. We just played The Dragon's Trap. Uh, which is the, the, mostly the, the main theme of the game uh, and I think the most iconic uh, track from this game and we've played this this track because this week's guests, this week's special guests are two people from Lizard Cube who are working on uh, actually a game called Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap so with us tonight we have Ben and Omar, hello! Hi! Hello, I'm Omar. Thanks for having us. Ben, how are you guys? I'm fine, actually. Great. It's summer, still at work and uh, going along. Yeah, so thank you for taking some time off your busy schedule to, to come on, on the Sega Lounge and to have a chat with us about the game. So before we get into the game itself and what you're working on, um, would you like to tell us a bit about yourselves and uh, your history with video games uh, and what, what, what you've played in the past, stuff like that? Sure. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll go first. So I'm Omar. Uh, so I'm I'm quite a big Master System nerd. Uh, I've been uh, I've been playing Sega System since the early '80s, uh, and since then uh, I guess some people on the internet know me because of my involvement on the Sega 8-bit community. Um, I run a website called SMS Power, and um, I mean through this website, they sort of developed a lot for the all the Sega 8-bit system. Oh, and you know, you know. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think we've uh, spoken in the past. Okay. About your website. Uh, it's possible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, possible, I, I think yeah. we. Th this is a really big coincidence. I, I didn't know that before you you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so, that's yeah. a great website. So it, it's connect. I mean, we were uh, this website. Everybody's up there is obsessed with you know the Sega Master System and. Uh, and obviously, Dragon Strap is is uh, is you know a favorite of the system. So um, we spend uh, we spend a long time looking around those games, and uh, it was something I wanted to do for a while. Uh, and I've been making games uh, as the main job for almost 15 years now. Uh, about 10 years ago, I made a game with Ben called Soul Bubbles um, on a Nintendo DS, uh, where Ben did most of the art and I did most of the technology for it. Um, and so, ten years later, we uh, we sort of back and we wanted to make this uh, this new game, which is the remake of the Dragon Trap. Awesome stuff. So, what uh, or which would you say were your favorite games uh, in the in the in the, the Master System lineup? For me, uh, I, I would say the Dragon Trap is my favorite game. Uh, I mean, I like I like Psycho Fox a lot. I like I like Skid. I like Aztec Adventure. Uh, Zillion. I mean, there's lots of game I love in this system, but I would say Wonder Boy 3 um, is my favorite. Awesome, awesome. What about you, Ben? Well, yeah, I'm also a Sega kid, actually. I We didn't have uh, many options at the time because I was uh, growing up in the countryside. And uh, we ended up with a master system with my brother. And so we started playing, you know, Alex Kidd, which was embedded in the in the console itself uh, and also Wonder Boy 2 in Monsterland 
uh, after that uh, Wonder Boy 3 which a friend of mine landed to me uh, but actually since then I, I've been just a Sega fan because after that I had the Mega Drive and I spent countless hours uh, playing uh, Dave Perry stuff like uh, Aladdin or Elf um, Gym awesome uh, every great games of the time basically but uh, I'm more a uh, Mega Drive fan than a Master System fan, which Omar uh, is uh, actually the biggest Master System nerd on the planet, I think. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's not, I'm, not, I'm not actually kidding. It's, uh, it's like a commitment he's making to the Master System. But uh, yeah, well, uh, after the Mega Drive, and I didn't have any home console, uh, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, just drawing because that was I was interested in too. So I went to school, uh, art school in Lyon, in Paris. I studied animation, and uh, after that, in 2006, I started working on Soul Bubbles. Um, and after that, uh, I've been doing mainly freelancing in animation, in TV series, in commercials, in uh, concept art, in... Uh, I've been freelancing for video games, I've been freelancing for big companies, uh, small companies, and I've been doing my own comics, uh, comic books, uh, for four, four, five years, I, I don't remember, but um, now I'm actually kind of stopping uh, the whole comic book thing because it's kind of a uh, very difficult market at the moment. Uh, so yeah, I've been drawing, I draw for a living, basically. And uh, when Omar told me he wanted to make a Wonder Ball 3 remake, I was really delighted because I know he's a good uh, programmer and uh, we had a blast working on Superbubble, so uh, I was really wanted to, to make something that uh, would give you know uh, another life to uh, one of the good childhood uh, games uh, that anyone can have, basically. Yeah, awesome. That's that's some some nice stuff there. So um, basically, is overflown. Yeah, I might delay helping. If the market is overflown, just create your own job. That that's really the way to go, and I, I really hope it goes all right. Yeah, with, well, with this. well, it's uh, it's actually I'm, uh, I've been uh, doing comic books for for quite a long time, and uh, uh, it's very depressing. Like nobody cares, nobody nobody wants to to really go into marketing. It's, it's like an old market uh, run run by old people that don't have any clue about what's good or what's not, and. Uh, and it's really depressing compared to uh, the video game market and video game industry uh, as a whole because uh, since I met people from the video game industry, I, I, I've seen so much energy and passion and uh, this is something I, I don't have in uh, comic books. Basically. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy to, to do that at the moment. Mm -hmm. So you guys work together on Soul Bubbles, right? Yeah. Um, what what was that game about, by the way? For those that don't so, know. So it was it was a game for the for the DS. Uh, it was released uh, in early two thousand eight. 
and the game was it was quite odd for this game it was a game where you would kind of draw uh, bubbles and use them to capture little spirit and transport them um, and it had this kind of like uh, physics of the bubble where you would sort of blow on them with a stylus and it would you know um, deform and go into tight passage and then you could cut them you could split them you could grow them you could draw more bubbles it was very tactile um, very um, physical and very um, I have oh. to say, it's, you yeah. have to, you, you should, if you can, uh, you should uh, take a look at the game because it's quite an achievement what Omar accomplished on it. Because the physics on the Nintendo DS is like very, very good, and it's a very low uh, console that uh, you can't really put so much in it. But uh, he managed to do uh, something great with the physics of the bubbles. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So if you have, if you have time, yeah. oh, just watch videos on internet, yeah. no, like everybody. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually uh, looking at it right now. It looks good, and it uh, apparently was really well uh, received by the, the the gaming press as well. It, it was it was quite well received. I think it was again. I was odd for this time because it wasn't really a good fit for children because children at the time they sort of expected you know to buy a RPG game and have lots of challenges and play it for the like, 60 hours. Whereas this game was very, you know, a very slow-paced, almost like contemplative game, which is um, sort of what a lot of the game are doing nowadays, right? You know, yeah. On PlayStation, on Steam, you'll find a lot of games that are just sort of nice to play, not very challenging, but sort of uh, an experience you can share with people. Mm -hmm. So it was along this line, but I guess at the time, this was hard to sell that on a cartridge, you know, full price and get the retailer to take it because... Um, I think maybe the market for the DS wasn't there at the time, so it was a bit. Uh, it's a bit of an oddity for DS game, I think. Yeah, but it it uh, hopefully it was a really nice, um, you know, uh, first step for you guys to work together and uh, to for for future projects. So you're now working uh, on uh, this. Do you call it a remake uh, of Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap? <coughs> uh, yeah, we call it a remake. Uh, it's we. The first target we have is that we want to make a game that feels and play like the original. Uh, I think, I mean, there have been a lot of remake and rehashes of retro licenses, but lots of them feel like they, they're sort of losing what made the, the, the magic and the, the feeling of this old game. Mm -hmm. So part of this, this, this project for me is also to look and learn to how all those old games were programmed and how they did the, you know, the control and the physics and how enemy moves in a really precise way so that when we make the new version, it feels just like the original in terms of the, the the way it reacts, right? So you don't feel betrayed by the fact that, you know, uh, sometimes the new game, the control is very loose, or it's hard to read the background because it's all 3D, or there's always something that's, that's maybe... Maybe the games are good, but they don't feel the same as the old ones. And for this one, we're trying to make something that feels like the original one. That's the, the sort of the first target. Yeah, yeah. What... I, I want to see in a remake is something that uh, is an improvement, but also uh, respectful to the original game. So it's kind of difficult to find that balance. And uh, there's a lot of remakes that have been done and that are not really uh, up to the... They're not very good, basically, and especially gra graphically. Sometimes they just use 3D uh, for no reason. Uh, it's kind of a lazy job. But uh, we hope to do something quite, you know, respectful and uh, in the 
continuity of the first game, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I was looking at uh, the, the 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 assets uh, you have on your website regarding the game and the, the launch trailer mm. you released as well. The mm. game I, I have to say looks looks really really good. Looks great. The the hand drawn uh, graphics are are amazing. Um, is is what we see in the trailer what we'll get with the final product? In terms, well, no, of, in gonna, terms of background, I'm gonna change everything. I'm <laughs> gonna change everything and put it, put it into 3D. <laughs> But no, yeah, obviously, obviously, that's what you're gonna get. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully, it's gonna be better even because this is a trailer we made, you know, a few months ago. And as we keep improving the game, we're adding like some small effect and tweaking the animation. But it's all in-game footage you see in the game, so mm -hmm. it, it is it is basically what the game looks like looked like three months ago. And uh, we look, you know, it looks slightly better every day because we add in, you know, new monster and we tweak the location. But it's real footage yeah awesome awesome um this looks like a, a lot of hard work though because I, if i understand this correctly these are all hand-drawn graphics right yeah yeah, yeah. well well it's it depends of uh, how you present it but um for for me i studied animation like traditional animation uh, mm -hmm. in school and this is what i know uh this is I know how to do traditional animation, so for me, it was not uh, really a concern. Uh, I want, I wanted, and also I wanted to see uh, like end, end frame animation uh, because uh, this is something that has been lost in during you know these past 15 years. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it, uh, it's quite difficult to have a lot of frames uh, because it takes a lot of textures. Uh, but now I think. We have the capacity to manage that, and this is something I really like to see because traditional animation is much more uh, lively, in my in my opinion. Uh, so it's kind of a lot of work, but you know we know the Canva we're in, so we know exactly how much enemies we're gonna have uh, how much time an animation uh, has to take uh, so um, basically since it's a remake it's more easy to to use that technique basically mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's very costly to, to it takes a lot of time to draw animation so as you say it, w it only works in the context of this project because we have sort of a master plan or you know what the, what the game is and where the game is heading Whereas when you make a new game, usually you have to iterate constantly and, and change a lot of things. You know, uh, when you make a, a new game from scratch, for, you know, 10 things you do, you only keep two, right? Where here, we, for 10 things we do, maybe we can keep seven or something. And we, mm. because we know, we, we know what the game is already, right? Yeah. And, and because of this, we can, we can, only because of this, we can afford this way of drawing, which is quite inefficient, but which is nice to look at. Oh, definitely. It is really like to, uh, nice to look at. I mean, that's the reason many modern games use 3D, even the 2D games, they use 3D rendering. It's just because it's so much easier right now to use that, mm -hmm. these tools, and there's, uh, there's so m many more tools, and you can change the, you know, the size or animation of things really easily, where for 2Ds, you have to just... If I ask Ben to you know change the timing of animation, he has to redo it, right? So it can take. I don't do it basically. I <laughs> <laughs> do, do it some. It do it sometimes, but we have to really like you know plan in advance because we can't afford uh, making lots of mistakes in the um, in the timings, for example. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So um, I actually have to be be honest with you guys. I um, 
didn't own a, a master system back in the day and never played the interview is over yeah sorry. yeah it's it's been fun i'm sorry so i've i've never played the dragon strap growing up but i um have been playing it for the past few days or weeks uh, in mm. preparation for this interview and i have to say i i watched the the launch trailer before i yeah. played the game and mm. i i thought it was really nice and uh was pretty looked fine looked fun but mm. after i uh played the game and rewatched the launch trailer i mm. i just went oh this is the dragon strap so this is really looks like the original although with um, really improved graphics and animations, but this really feels like the original. Um, well, well, uh, for mm -hmm. for for me, I I wanted to, you know, do HD HD graphics, but also trying to have the same feeling that you had when you were a kid. Yeah. And when you look at the character, this is for me. This is what they would look like in HD. Uh, I hope I'm not uh, too far off uh, from the original game. Uh, I try to re to respect it, you know, uh, trying not to put too much myself, uh, but also a bit. It's uh, it's quite a balance, uh, difficult balance actually. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. I think that's um, uh, what what you were. You, you, I think what, what I feel when looking at this. Uh, at, at these screenshots and the, the, the trailer, so I, I think it's a, 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 a perfect balance between what we've seen in the original game and um, what you know your own take on on the characters and uh, yeah, well, well, that's what we hope to accomplish actually. Mm -hmm. So you're, um, are you going for a, 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 you know a, a perfect remake of the game in the way that? Um, you're you're just recreating the whole levels and enemies and everything or will this have uh, differences from the original game apart from so, the, the rehashed graphics yeah. and everything uh, so we don't know yet actually right the, the first the first target for us is to get uh, everything in the original game in in the new version uh, and and understand how it works precisely and then we already started making tweaks, so we're making small changes, but as to whether we're going to make big changes, uh, we don't know yet. We're trying things right now, and we need to... F if we find something that makes sense to add, and that is fun, and that doesn't sort of, like, corrupt the original game, we will add it. But we're not sure yet if we, we, will, we will have such things. So it's sort of early to, uh, to, to figure out. It will be overall the same game. Um, uh, hopefully, there will be... Some new stuff, but I'm not sure yet. Okay. Uh, maybe in a, in a few months we'll know better. I hope. Mm -hmm. So a, a couple of, of questions now. Um, how many people are working on this project apart from so you two? So it's so full time. It's Ben is working. is doing all the the art and animation. I'm doing uh, sort of the uh, all the the programming and uh, the direction. We've got two freelancers working with us. Uh, uh, Michael Jer is doing all the music for the game, and Roman Gauthier is doing the sound effects. So that's for the development team. It's uh, four of us. Awesome, awesome. Um, and yes, yeah, so and then we have we have the uh, .mu is publishing us. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're founding the game and they're helping us, you know, with uh, a bit of the marketing, the the you know. Testing the game, QAing it, bringing it to console, all those things that the publisher can help us with. They're, they're, 
helping there. Yeah. So the, my my next question was going to be that: How did that happen? How did you come across dot emu and uh, how did that happen? Well, we had this project uh, in mind yeah. for for a while. We started uh, we started on our own, you know, uh, because we just wanted uh, in our free time uh, trying things. So after. I don't know. A few months, uh, we had a prototype, like a very small prototype that uh, we were happy about. And uh, uh, at that point, I, I don't remember. I, I, I think we we didn't know what to do uh, exactly, like going on our own, like Kickstarter or something, or uh, seeking a publisher. So we prospected around and we kind of clicked with Dotemu uh, because they are kind uh, in the same uh, retro uh, I mean they have a retro game basically so so yeah. that's what they love and care about and they, they really like the game when we showed it to them and it sort of makes sense I mean as Ben said we could have gone for a Kickstarter but then it's like If we do that, it takes so much time and energy to set it up, to set a Kickstarter and to update people and to, you know, there's a lot, make the reward and send them. And then while we're doing that, we're not making the game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it ends up draining, draining a lot of energy. So it's risky and drains energy. We have a publisher, it means we can just focus and, and you know, make the game the best we can. Mm -hmm. uh, we can, you, you can spend, you know, most of the time just doing that. So it's, it's, it's much nicer for the, for the game itself that we can... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I actually, I actually think people are, are a bit tired of Kickstarter games, as well. Wow, well, it, 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 it can be quite good. Uh, there is a lot of good example in Kickstarter. There is a lot of uh, middle examples that are not top, top, but uh, still going out. And there is like bad examples, like people ripping off uh, with a uh, project of a game. But uh, yeah, it, it was, this was reassuring for us as well because when you decide to make your own company, it's um, reassuring to have a publisher that can, uh, you know, finance you and uh, do all the stuff that uh, are very uh, administrative, not administrative, but uh, not related to game development. Yeah. I was just mentioning uh, Kickstarter because um, uh, some people are a bit disappointed at some, even big game companies that uh, went to Kickstarter and then, um, you know, things didn't go well or they didn't deliver the game in time or the final product yeah. wasn't as, as, as good as people thought it would be. Uh, and sometimes I think people are, you know, feel disappointed. Uh, well, you... you When you, you when you finance a project on Kickstarter, you you you're not uh, asking for a full product. That uh, it's like helping a project. You you mm -hmm. shouldn't expect more than your own uh, will to just help a project that you believe in. But uh, if it's not good, it's uh, it's all right as well. You've put the money and uh, you. You bet on the wrong horses, but uh, that's not <laughs> yeah, no, I, th I think yeah, sometimes well, I think sometimes the promise is bigger than it should have been. Yeah, yes. Sometimes. But the thing is, yeah, people people have the expectation, but it's it's only natural. The thing is that when you make a game, it just never never goes as expected. I mean, I never yeah. made a game that went as expected. It always you know uh, the the schedule double and everything changes and. The game you make at the end is not a game you start at the beginning. So that's the thing that people are just 
starting to re- see a glimpse of with Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when I worked on different games that were just where we made soul bubbles, you know, where we start a game, we have no idea what the game is. So if we were to do a Kickstarter, we have to present what we think the game will be at the time. But it just evolved. It's it's really hard to to to. I mean, if you were to 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 actually only show actual content of the game when you made a Kickstarter, then you wouldn't have anything because the game is not done. So it's it's a bit weird. It is a yeah. it is a promise and the future that that doesn't exist, and it's it's hard to. And and then there, I mean, yeah. there's the internet, and people are never happy on the internet. So yeah, that's the thing. That's also <laughs> that. So I, I, you know, going with yeah. the publisher, we can focus on you know delivering the game, and you know maybe at the end some people will love it, some people won't like it. I don't know, but at least we don't have to deal with that during the entire de- development, right? Mm-hmm. When, uh, yeah, and, and so you can focus on the the, the most important part of the of the development process, which is developing the game itself, right? Well, we do, we, we do have our say in the marketing because it's also we want to be able to reach out directly uh, the gaming people. Uh, I don't know, but uh, we want to, to be able to talk, you know, uh, to go up there and not just uh, put everything in the hand of the publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot of that, of the communication. But it's just that we're not constantly trying to to uh, people haven't bite, bought the game yet, so sort of the, they kind of they don't feel entitled to to you know to criticize the same way they would if it was a Kickstarter. If it were a Kickstarter, they would be already like you know yelling at us for not doing this or that or not <laughs> you know drawing this character the way they wanted to. So yeah, at least we can focus on what is our vision, and we hope that you know people will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's that makes sense, and it it, it sounds better than the other option. So, um, you you obviously you are working on a game that's uh, you know, or a remake of a game that's been released before. Uh, there were people involved in the original game. Uh, the game was was developed by Westone uh, originally. Originally, Sega published a few versions of uh, or the, the the master system in version of this game. Um, did you guys have to go through, uh, you know, a conversation and a negotiation process with uh, someone from Westone, Sega, the original developers? How did yeah, that well, that's the that's the first thing we. I mean, not the first thing we did, but after we spent a few months researching some ideas and some, you know, graphical concepts, we went and talked to uh, Ryuichi Mishizawa of Westone, uh, who was the sort of the lead designer and programmer mm-hmm. for this game. Uh, because we eventually, if we wanted to, you know, make a full project out of this and release, we wanted, we needed to have a, a proper license for that. So we first went to him, and uh, and he was very happy with it uh, from the beginning. Uh, so he basically told us uh, we could do it, and then we had sort of an informal deal on that. At that point, we didn't plan to uh, go and ask Sega for the name, uh, because as you know, Sega only owns part of the the trademark for the name. Yeah. But the actual game content was owned by Weston. Mm-hmm. Um, um, at that point, we, it was only the two of us, and my belief was that I didn't want to ask Sega because it would be like too big for us. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big Japanese companies, and I don't want to be talking with 15 Japanese lawyers. Uh, <laughs> I, I would, you know, uh, there would be no, no time to do the game development. But that's one of the reasons we also signed with Datemu as the publisher. Is that Datemu are um, 
specialized and very good with this uh, negotiating Japanese licenses. Mm-hmm. So once we got Dotemu on board, uh, uh, it was much easier to go and approach Sega and say, can we also use the name for the game? Uh, and that negotiation went through also via uh, LAT and Weston, which has the copyright owner, because they used to do this deal with Sega because they already released the game in, you know, on PSN. Um, uh, through them and with the help of Dotemu, we could manage to get this license. Uh, but without Dotemu, we wouldn't probably have tried to do that because it was, it was too much work to get it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So, that makes sense. So yeah. thank you, Dotemu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, do they have any um, influence uh, in in how the game will, will 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 turn out to be in the end? Uh, the publishers, or are you? Do you have total freedom of the the developing well, process? We we since where. When we contacted, when we reached out to they were really thrilled about the prototype we had, and also. Um, also, the uh, Nishizawa-san uh, was really happy what he was seeing. So basically, from the start, everybody is on board and uh, just love what they see, what they what we showing to them. So they are not very hands on uh, publisher, and that, that's a good thing. We try to uh, to communicate, and uh, but uh, I think. The letting us having our vision of the game and that's fine with them because uh, for the moment we don't have a lot of uh, back and forth about the game itself basically. I, I think Casey was mostly talking about the original Japanese team. Uh, yeah. I assume so. I mean, it's also yeah, we. They, they, they. It's sort of the same. I mean, Nishizawa saw the game early on, and he kind of we're sending him lots of the the work we're doing, uh, and he's pretty much very happy with it. He gives us feedback here and there, but uh, and overall, he's really happy we're doing this. And he's sort of, you know, it, 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 since he sort of approved the, the original art, the, the the work that Ben did, and the work we did on the music, it, it's sort of leaving us to do the. To create the game uh, with a sort of modern vision of it, mm-hmm. uh, so he's not, he's not day-to-day hands-on, uh, and he doesn't have to time to do that anyway because he's working on his own game in, in Japan right now, so he doesn't have time to work on anything else. But he's, he's you know, looking at the game from a distance and um, giving comments, and we, we're very happy to to hear him, obviously. And sometimes we go and ask him. Sometimes if we're not sure about something, you know, that what was the intent here in the game, sometimes we ask him things, and he helps with that. Awesome. So you you basically have uh, you know almost complete creative freedom to work on this game. Hmm. Yeah, well, we are. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, uh, tec- well, uh, technically, but you know, by contract, LIT and Weston, they can you know they can they have to approve everything. Uh, yeah. But they also know that we're not you know we're not uh, we we're not changing the game radically, right? We're not changing the game, adding you know. Uh, uh, boobs and whatever, like <laughs> keeping those. So realistically, they're probably not gonna interfere in the game because they know mm-hmm. we're doing uh, we're doing you know, measures very close to original. Um, uh, they could, they have a lot of say in it, but they won't exist it probably. Mm-hmm. So the, the fact that you're fans of the original game also, you know, uh, makes them comfortable enough to trust you. With what, you're, well, what you're doing. I, I think we, we, sh- we showed them enough that uh, we are trying to make the best uh, respectful game remake 
you can do. So I think that's a, a big step in the right direction. When uh, I mean, for them, it's like the babies that they they had in '87, uh, and uh, <laughs> and now it's a grown it's a grown up, and uh, somebody is taking care of it. So that's a little tr- 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 baby at us. Yeah, <laughs> just take care of my child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, part of the 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 reason I I started this project originally is that I was I wanted to I was I was looking at the original game. I wanted to learn if there was any using in it, if there was any, any secret doors or secret items, because that game has so many secrets that like nobody's sure if we know all of it. So I started reverse reverse engineering the original game. And that's how I sort of got into learning how the game worked, and that's sort of how I got into the idea of like, okay, let's make a new version of it because I know how this game works now. So that also means that you know they know that the game we're doing is quite faithful and you know uh, of the original. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so yeah, actually, those were my two questions uh, with, uh, regarding the, the publisher and uh, mm. the develop the original developers. The next thing I wanted to ask you was, um, mm. obviously we're, we're Radio Sega, so we're pretty excited about the music of the game. So are you working on the music already? Who's doing that? Uh, what are you going for, like, you know, uh, remixes of, or new arrangements of original tracks or new stuff? Can you tell us a bit about their, that? Okay, yeah. We've been working on it for a long, long time. Uh, I've been working with my friend, uh, Michael Ger. He's, uh, he's also in France. He's in Bordeaux, in the south of France. Southwest uh, is a big fan of the original, and um, we haven't shown or, or, or released any of the music yet because it's not ready. Um, but basically, we uh, rearranging all the original tracks, obviously. Uh, so we sort of starting from the original uh, Sakamoto track, um, but we're trying to do all of it with sort of real instruments. Um, so it sounds very uh, elegant and I don't know premium, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was hard work because what we found out is that we, you know, people are really attached to these melodies. Um, people who play the game love these melodies. On the same time, if you try to take on these melodies and add, uh, you know, fancy instrument to it, suddenly they sound a little poor because there was only three tracks right at the time. Yeah. So we have to rearrange them. We have to add a lot of uh, um, richness to the track while sort of keeping them sort of the same because you want people to relate to, to uh, as, you know, um, rearrangements. So it's sort of a balance where we, there's a lot of new stuff in it, but there's also lots of, uh, we're trying to, they're very close to the original one in terms of, uh, you know, the overall melody and rhythm. Um, and we've got, you know, dozens of uh, instruments involved. Uh, uh, I can't even name all of them. I don't even know all of them, but uh, we're trying to make something <laughs> really... Uh, there's, you know, there's classical instruments, uh, there's violins, there's cello, there's guitar, there's... Uh, uh, there's much more than that, there's clarinets, there, uh, yeah. there are horns, there are... Uh, the con- uh, uh, anyway, you, you name it, we have it. It's not about adding everything up, it's not like very overly super orchestral, it's kind of like... Uh, um, very chill out and sometimes it's kind of very like uh, uh, worldly in the sense that it's you know we are rearranging the track depending on the location so when you go in the dungeon in the pyramid we've got the pyramid version of it with sort of Egyptian instruments oh, okay. and then when you go in the in the mouse nice. you've got a sort of a, a smaller um, 
orchestra and you know there's, there's different version of it and there's a japanese orchestration of it so some of the track we're doing like five six version of them mm-hmm. uh and they're sort of tied to the location uh some of the track there's only one version obviously you know the village one uh uh the beach one there's only one beach um but uh yeah that's it uh we hope to be able to release some of this music uh, soon we haven't done any of it yet the music you can hear in the trailer was just made for the trailer video and mm-hmm. this was made actually by by Roman Gauthier who's working on the sound effect for the game uh, but that's not actually in-game music it's okay. just something we did sort of quickly for the trailer uh, we hope to show the music soon but it's we it, it's lots of work to get it you know polished and finished mm-hmm. and iterating on the track and uh, it, it does really sound promising it's starting to sound pretty good um, but they're not all done I think well we'll see I don't want to announce things too soon but we'll 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 we hope to show you things soon and you know when you do uh, get things ready we'll be here to, yeah. to play so yeah let thanks, us know so let much. us know yeah. <laughs> we're we really will. excited about that as well um, <laughs> and I, I hope people are, are excited about this game as well uh, I think it's time we take a quick break uh, we're almost done with the interview but you know guys uh, um, Ben and Omar we, we do always have a, a surprise for our guests yeah. on the Sega launch uh, cool. and, b- and by surprise I don't exactly mean uh, anything good but um, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll take we'll take a quick music break. We'll we'll yeah. play one of the original tracks uh, while we wait for the, the 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 arranged version, the the remake version of the soundtrack. We'll play um, we'll play the Danger Zone. Um, okay. And uh, we'll have we'll also have the memories of Sega segment of our show with the winner was you this time dedicated to Die Hard Arcade. And when we come okay. back, we'll be here with Ben and Omar. And uh, a little something we like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Cool. cool. <laughs> See you. <laughs> See you soon.
Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. This week, we'll be looking at Die Hard Arcade, a scoring beat-em-up released for, funnily enough, the arcade in 1996. As you'd expect, the game takes its cues from a movie of the same name. However, apart from a plot, which sees a skyscraper being taken over by terrorists, and the fact that the main character bears quite a resemblance to Bruce Willis, this really doesn't have that much to do with the film at all. That's because it was never originally a Die Hard game at all. In Japan, the game was actually called Dynamite Decker, and I'm guessing Sega felt the die-hard name would attract more people in the West. Either way, it's a game I've always been rather fond of. I'm not entirely sure where I first heard of the game. It was in either in uh, Me Machine Sega or CBG magazine. But I do remember seeing a single screenshot of the game, and I wasn't sure what kind of game it was. A few months later, I read a preview of a Saturn port in an issue of Sega Saturn magazine, and after reading about it, I immediately fell in love with it. It was one I really wanted to play. I soon heard there was a die-hard arcade coin-op at my local bowling alley, so one Saturday I went down there to check it out. The machine itself had a little fault, where the two-player game was always selected, even when you started just one player, but that didn't ruin the experience at all. For a while after that, I'd often pop in there and give a game a play. It was quite generous too, one pound would net you four credits, which was great for a game released in the mid-90s. I would ultimately beat the game quite a few times, and they even fixed the two-player problem quite quickly, meaning I could actually play without the 2P character standing there doing nothing. As previously mentioned, the game is a scrolling beat-em-up, so far so typical, but Die Hard Arcade was a little different in that instead of stages that scrolled from left to right, like Streets of Rage or Final Fight, each stage is split up into a series of arenas, and after clearing each one out, you'll move on to the next one. To spice things up, in between certain sections you have a mini QTE section where you need to press a button at the right time. Success here resulted in recovering a little health, but failing either results in taking damage or having to take part in an additional fight, which could sometimes mean more lost health than necessary. Though both players have the same moveset, there are plenty of them available, and most of them aren't too hard to pull off thanks to the simple button system. You have a button for punch, one for kick and one for jump. Of course, it's not a scrolling beat-em-up without weapons, and Die Hard Arcade is packed with them. Anything that isn't nailed down on the floor can be picked up and either thrown or swung, and range from chairs, brooms, pipes, and even a grandfather clock. You have a few firearms as well. Handguns are common and can be carried over between scenes, while machine guns are a little more heavy duty. Then you have rocket launchers and anti-tank rifles when you really want to cause some damage. All these elements make the game great fun, but it comes at a price. It's far too short, and it's not terribly hard either. There are five stages in about 18 or so scenes in total, and while that may sound like a lot, you can get through the whole thing in about 20 minutes. But hey, at least that makes it good for a quick blast. Despite that, there's still a lot to like about Die Hard Arcade. It's pure junk food gaming, but sometimes that's all you need. Though many weapons and moves keep things fun, and although I only ever technically played it solo, I'm sure it's even more fun than to bring a friend along. It may not be the most accurate movie tie ever, but it certainly is a very enjoyable one. Memories of Sega
welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Uh, we've just played uh, a track from Wonderboy 3, Dragon's Trap. We played the Danger Zone. Then we had Subterranean Siege from Die Hard Arcade, as requested by uh, a win with you part of our um, Sega uh, members of Sega actually segments. Mm. But now it's time for Ben and Omar to get a really nice mm. surprise on the Sega Lounge. And so, are you guys ready? Yeah. I don't think you and are. By the way. When he says nice, it's meant to be between commas. <laughs> yeah, it's not really <laughs> nice. Let's, we'll, I'll, I'll just let you judge for yourselves. Let me play you sure. the intro to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now, you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the Sega Lounge Challenge. Uh, All right. Which which can be anything we want, basically. But um, okay, yeah. I, I don't think I I actually don't think this is uh, really a challenge this week. Because uh, I wasn't aware of Omar's connection with smspower.org. And so yeah. what I thought, I, I was reading up on, on your uh, background and I realized you guys, or at least Omar, is a big Master System fan. I wasn't aware uh, of his website. So I thought, let's, let's do a Master <laughs> System quiz. Okay, great. I think this is going to be really, really easy for some <laughs> See, reason. Okay. But okay. Uh, well, sometimes it's easy to mix them up. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Okay, so we have 10 different questions. Okay. Uh, I have a suggestion. Yeah, related to Master System games. And so each each question or, you know, we'll just do, do a quick description of a game. And we'll okay. give you three different options. And you need to guess okay. which one is okay. the correct one. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's start with the first one. Ravsik, would you like to go first? Hey, I suggest something. What if Ben firstly answers the question, then Omar just confirms it or denies it? Since he's the, the SMS <laughs> yeah. power guy. That, that actually, <laughs> right, that actually sounds a bit more challenging. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so here's the first roll. Which side scrolling shoot em up puts you in control of a spaceship flying across a colorful world? A. Space Harrier, B. Fantasy Zone, or C. Galaxy Force? Uh, in ma on Master System. I have, I, have to, I have to read this, sorry Ben, but I have to read this because uh, in the, the text chat. Uh, Omar yeah. is saying, this is my day, so easy, so easy, I mean, come on. <laughs> yep. so I just need to read this, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, Galaxy Falls? <laughs> so, Omar, it's your time. That is fired. No, it's you. Because you yeah, said side-scrolling. You said side-scrolling. I mean, the old Mesa uh, is very colorful, but it's not side-scrolling. Ah, yeah, right, okay, okay, I should listen to the entire question. Yeah. So, wh okay. what's your final answer? Fantasy Zone. Are they right, Rafsik? And... Yep, one point. Yes, one point. Yeah. Okay, let's go with question number two. 
So let's go with question number two. So qu question this number guy, two. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We've been, we've been a bit quiet, so you can you can do the question. Okay, time to shine, uh -oh. like Omar. Uh -huh. <laughs> this this game was a part of an arcade game in which you ride a motorcycle and try to get to the finish line before time runs out. And this is the, the time Omar says, so easy, so easy. So, it's A, hang on, B, outrun, or C, afterburner. Hang on. Of course it's hang on. I was thinking Road Rage at some point, but it's a Mega Drive game. Hang on. Okay, so... So it's A, hang on. Hang B. on. It's hang yeah, on. Yeah, they, they already said, so hang on. Of okay. course it's hang on. Yes, that's, that's correct. Well done. Well done. And it's 2-0. Uh, all right, okay. Number three. Number three. So maybe I'll, I'll read the questions then. Since yeah. you're having a few mic, yeah, mic it's issues. It's kind of difficult to... Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so question number three. In 1986 in Japan and North America, in 1987 in Europe... Sega released a game featuring their mascot at the time. It's a platform game and you have to, at times, play games of rock, paper, scissors. Alex Kidd! It's Alex Kidd. Don't, don't read me the three, uh, three answers. It's Alex Kidd. <laughs> uh, Alex, you know, you know, Alex Kidd in maybe, maybe if I read the options, you, you wouldn't be so sure. Really? Okay. <laughs> Mentioned. Now that's okay, that, that's them. that's obviously the correct answer. Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Uh, the other options were Shinobi and Cool Spot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, obviously. Cool Spot, cool Spot wasn't on Master System, was it? It uh, was. There was a yeah. There was yeah. a port by Virgin in '91. Yep. yep. Okay. Indeed. Um, question number four. Yeah. So we we have three out of three by now. So you know, I I, I think we'll we're gonna get a, a perfect score here, Rafsi. Not sure. It's ninety three actually. Hang on. Uh, yep. Yeah. So number four, there were several uh, successful Disney games on Sega consoles. This one was also released for the Mega Drive, and sees Mickey Mouse trying to rescue Minnie from an evil witch. Is it yes. a Castle of Illusion? Yes, uh, Castle of Illusion. That was option A, yes. It could be B, <laughs> Land of Illusion, or C, Legend of Illusion. No, it's, a, it's Castle of Illusion. Are you no, sure? Minnie's in the first, Minnie yeah. in the first one. Yeah, she's in the intro. You can, she's being kidnapped in the intro. I mean, you know, we're we're actually going for a perfect score here. That's correct, obviously. It's Castle of Illusion. Also, Land of Illusion and Legend of Illusion weren't uh, released for the Mega Drive, so. Yeah, no. that was also uh, another yeah. catch. Here. Land of Illusion is really good too. Actually, it's a really good game. Land of Illusion too. Yep. Number five. This was the first game in a long-running series of RPGs made by Sega. The protagonist of the game is Alice Landale. Fantasy Star. Dude. Wow. Okay. I think yeah, Fantasy Star. Dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What can I say? Uh, you... What can I say? That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. Um, the other options were Master of Dar Darkness, which is not an RPG, and the Final Fantasy, which obviously was wrong. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's go number six. Number six. This game is the 8-bit counterpart to the Mega Drive hit title that started a franchise that turned 25 years old this year. Nick? So... It's it's the the eight bit counterpart 
to the okay. Mega Drive hit title that started a franchise that turned okay. 25 years old this year. This franchise so, so, is now 25 years old. It features Sonic. different levels and music by legendary composer Yuzo Koshiro. Sonic the Hedgehog, my first impression. It's Sonic. I really need to make this harder next time. That's correct! <laughs> <laughs> Number seven! So, the, six out of six? This is amazing. <laughs> Number seven. Which game in the Wonder Boy series was released for platforms like the ZX Spectrum, so platforms like the ZX Spectrum and the Commodore 64, under the different title of Super Wonder Boy? Uh, it's Wonder Boy, the first one. So the options are the arcade one. Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy in Monster Land, or Wonder Boy in Monster World. It's uh, it's the first Wonder Boy, uh, but some of this, the ZX also had Monster Land, I think. Uh, yeah, but if you give six sixty four, it's Wonder Boy, the first one, the arcade one, okay. where you're running and jumping with a skateboard and strawberries and bananas. Okay, so uh, is Wonder Boy your final answer? Yes. Uh, I'm afraid it's not the correct answer, though. The, what? Co the correct answer, the the, the title that uh, the the game that was released under the title of Super Wonder Boy, was Wonder Boy in Monsterland. Actually, no, yeah. that is incorrect. <laughs> Unless my <laughs> sources are completely no, wrong. It's called Super. Sources. It's called Super Wonder Boy in Monsterland. And now I I, I can't I can't say anything because this man knows it all, so he probably <laughs> is right. But uh, um, can get to Wikipedia and he's right. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's actually debatable because he had different name in different countries. Like even the first one was called Super Wonder Boy in the Master System, for example, in Japan. So it's a really confusing series. Uh, I think there is a Super Wonder Boy, which is the first one, and there's Super Wonder Boy, which is Monster Land. But I'm not sure Monster was released on the C64. It was actually, was it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually I'm I'm looking at the the, the Z, uh, ZX Spectrum database, and it's Super Wonder Boy in Monsterland is uh, actually Wonder Boy in Monsterland is uh, known as Super Wonder Boy. But you know, as I it's say, uh, I, I was I was referring to the the ZX Spectrum and C64 version. No, so so you're right. You're so right. So not the Master System. So Technically, yeah. I'm right, but you know, uh, I don't think it really matters. This man knows it knows it all, so you know, let's let's just move on to number eight the, and give him the I, point. This is yeah, this is the hardest question because the Wonder Boy series is such a such a mess with the names. Yeah, it is yeah. Actually, and it, even the numbers. The, there's like yeah, two different really Wonder Boy threes, and it's it's really confusing. It's, it's yeah. really confusing. Let's Sorry. give the man. Let's give the man the point. He knows he knows this better than me, so you know, let's let's go in with number eight. In 1989, Sega developed a master system conversion of a very popular sports game at the time, which included sports events like surf and BMX. California Games. My God. Uh, and that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, I love that game. I, who, I added it to who, who answered this one? Was it Ben? Yeah. It's Ben. It was Ben. Dude, you, you know, hanging out with Omar is, is, is you know... I had the, I had the game when uh, when I was kid. Uh, actually, I didn't have only Alex Kidd and Wonder Boy. I also <laughs> had uh, Shinobi, California Games, 
uh, Psycho Fox uh, and all the stuff, you know. You know, uh, I, what have I gotten myself into? I, I have, I have good, two Super Master System nerds here. <laughs> Uh, question number nine. We're almost done. We're almost done. Yeah. This Yu Suzuki developed game. This is so hard. Um, yeah. This Yu Suzuki developed game is still an arcade and console classic, and has you inside a Ferrari with your girlfriend riding Outrun. towards Outrun. the goal. Outrun. Outrun. Really hard, right? Yeah. yeah. That is obviously correct. We would also accept Afterburner. As someone in uh, well, one of not, our not in a, not in a Ferrari, when <laughs> when one of our regular listeners actually uh, confused Outrun with Afterburner, so this is like a long-running yeah. joke. So okay, <laughs> we, we would also accept Afterburner, but it's Outrun, obviously. And so, question number ten, the final one, the, probably, uh, give probably us, give the, us a hard one, the, probably the hardest one ever. In okay. this game, you play as Xion. Who must save Monster World from the evil Biomecha? Okay, very hard. So is it Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy in Monster World, or Wonder Boy 3 the Dragon Strap? It's Wonder Boy in Monster World. What can I say? That is correct. Uh, and so I think this is the first time we can, uh, uh, you know, say we had a perfect score in one of our the Sega Lounge challenges. Really? So, congratulations, no, was- guy. Nice. Thanks. You, you're, you know, I, I should have done better. So next time you're on the <laughs> show, I'm gonna do, I don't know, something like a, um, I don't know, a games only released in Japan. Even then, probably you would have yeah, kicked, kicked my ass. If it's, if it's Master System, yes. Yes. So I, I'll I have to go with another system. So I mean, next. Well, you, you should ask like very specific question about like what was the game code for accessing, uh, you know, the. Uh, secret levels in Sonic 2, uh, which I remember. <laughs> which were, you had to go to the music type uh, 4126. Uh, it's actually the release date in uh, in in the US, so it's uh, 11 24 1992, I think. Yeah. If I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken. 1975. I, I, I'm going to have to share this uh, on, anyway. on Radio Sega's social media. So uh, Omar just sent us his uh, uh, Sega 8-bit collection. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're looking at loads and loads of games and consoles. Yeah, and Master System born. Access- accessories. And, okay, so yeah, as, as I said, I, I should have known... Uh, firsthand that you were the guy behind smspower.org and so I should have done a, a Sega Saturn quiz or something. Oh no, that would have been hard. That would have been hard. <laughs> that's my only, that's the only, the only console uh, Sega console I don't know very well. Yeah. Dr- Dreamcast yeah. and Mega Drive I could do, but Saturn... Next time, next time. Hard. Next time. So guys, thank you so much for, for taking thing, part in the, the Sega Lounge Challenge. You get the official Sega Lounge Challenge uh, or the Sega Lounge Seal of Approval. Which, yeah. uh, cool. which doesn't really exist, but someday we may, you know... Can we put it on the box of the game? Can uh, we put it yeah, the yeah, yeah. We, we, should, we should actually come up with a, a, a seal and you can put it in the, the box of the game when you release it. Cool. If we have uh, a approved box. by Radio Sega. <laughs> Uh, and do you have uh, Refsig was was asking? Do you have uh, Brazilian versions of games, Brazilian exclusives? He oh, has everything. Course. He has everything. Like he has like uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's it's very strange. It's like uh, creeping me out at some point. 
Yeah, yeah. the answer is yes. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Uh, so okay, let's let's just uh, we're, we're, we d we said we'd do this in, in uh, like mm. 40 minutes, but it's it's it took a, a bit longer. Let's that's what happens with nice conversations. Uh, just have a couple of um, final questions for you guys. So you guys are working hard on Wonder Boy 3: The Dragon Strap. Uh, you don't have a release date yet. Um, anything? No. Anything you can no, share as to what no. we can expect in the future? We can't. We can't actually say because we're still making it, and uh, there is yeah. uh, a lot of, uh, you know, things to discuss with the publisher. So mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, we really can't say because we don't have in yeah. our head a uh, time frame. Actually, we 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 sort of aiming for you know uh, early 2017, but we're not sure yet. So it's like we wouldn't announce it until we we know for sure exactly when. Um, do you have any idea of when we ca when we can have you know, another big update uh, on the game uh, or something? Well, we just we just started a blog. People can go on uh, the dragonstab.com slash blog, mm -hmm. and we're hoping to post you know uh, casually more and more small updates more regularly rather than a big one. So hopefully there should be regular updates. And we posted some screenshots uh, two weeks ago, and we'll post more stuff regularly. Awesome. Yeah, we're gonna try yeah. to 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 make a devlog uh, relevant, you know, having uh, technical details and uh, artistic uh, inputs uh, in terms of art and of music as well. Uh, so we're gonna try to to feed the blog. Uh, at least I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe once a month. Uh, Whenever you maybe can. More, maybe, maybe less. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we're gonna try to keep. Uh, people updated because it's uh, marketing is a long-term commitment, basically. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, um, we have to. We're trying to make people aware, you know, that even the game exists. It's because there's so much, you know, news on the internet and games release. That it's actually hard to just, you know, many people who would like this game don't know that it exists and it's being made. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of nice that um, you know your sites and other sites can help us, you know, share that news with people. Our pleasure, our pleasure, and hopefully we'll get more people aware of, of the Dragon's Trap. Um, you guys have been uh, to Gamescom last week, right? Uh, I have been there. Okay. Yeah. okay, so how was that experience, by the way? It was good. It was very, I mean, I, I wanted to do some interviews and uh, uh, some business uh, meetings, so I didn't actually get to play a lot of games. Um, I only been in the kind of the you know the trade days the f on uh, Thursday, um, Wednesday and Thursday, so I couldn't actually play a lot of the games. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was nice. It was nice to go there. Um, I could meet many friends and kind of sort of industry like um, people there. And you know uh, I can't get into detail, but we also met with the all the you know the the console constructors. Uh, because we're trying to get our game to, you know, to get released on as many consoles as we can, so it was mm -hmm. also part of the 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 goal for that. But I can't really say more about that right now. The suspense is killing me. Yeah, we're we're looking forward for <laughs> to more news, to more news on on the on on Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap. By the way, one one last bit of uh, yeah? trivia, interesting trivia. You, we also have another game coming out called Monster Monster Boy by Game Atelier. Um, yeah. Are you guys aware of this? Uh, oh, yeah. You guys get in touch we with, with them. We know each other. I mean, they both, they're also in Paris. We know them very well. Uh, I was actually uh, in uh, computer science school with the programmer of this game of Monster Boy. Oh, 
so I know him from there and I guess you know both of us were you know loving the theory uh, it's just really coincidental that we both got the idea of making a, a Wonder Boy series game at the same time uh, but so there's two different games both made by French companies uh, also this the Dragon's Trap it's a remake of the third one and they're making a, a, a new game called Monster Boy mm-hmm. yeah uh, so it's really an exciting time to be a, a Monster Boy or a, a Wonder Boy actually or a Monster Land fan uh, these days because you know we have all these new games coming out and people can really relieve their uh, childhood memories um, so yeah um, anything else you'd like to mention anything any word to the fans of the original games that are now learning about your remake anything well if you if you haven't played it it's actually a, a great game and uh, if you can wait a little bit longer you can, you, you're gonna play our version which is uh, HD graphics and everything so you should play a great game and uh, you can later uh, I don't know I lost myself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah, true, I, mean, I, I, I have to say, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I've been playing uh, the original these yeah. past few days, and I, as I think most uh, old-time gamers uh, say, I'm not as good in at video games as I was before, as I was yeah. as a child, and the game is uh, uh, sometimes a bit hard, but it's really yeah. fun, and it's, um, you've got lots of different, you know, uh, armor pieces and power ups. Mm-hmm. And the different transformations make it a really fun and fresh game. So, I I recommend the original, and I'm looking forward to playing the your your remake. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're hoping that also you know to bring this game to people who haven't played the original. Maybe you know people nowadays they have kids and they can you know play the game with their kids or people who you know people who were not lucky and had a Nintendo at the time, maybe they can play this uh, new version today. So it's also, you know, aiming to reach new people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So, Ben and Omar, thank you so much for coming on, on the Sega well, thanks, thanks to you. All thank the you. best. All the best for your for your game and for your, you know, keep, keep working hard and let us know when you have any news and especially let us know when you have music so we can play it on Radio cool. Sega. We will. And we share will with, definitely, with, yeah. with the people, okay? So, um, yeah, this this has been the, the interview with uh, Ben and Omar from uh, Lizard Cube. Go follow them uh, on uh, or go to uh, lizardcube.com is it is I, I just had this and I yeah. completely um, lost it but you can also go to the dragonstrap.com that's the the main website of the game the dragonstrap.com slash blog is uh, where you can uh, find you know the latest news on the game right hopefully yeah. updated once a month perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> maybe more we'll see maybe more okay uh and you can uh, read a really nice update on um the the, the guy's adventure on uh, gamescom so yeah well w- uh, thank you so much for coming on um on the, the show omar is telling me in the chat at lizard cube uh, on twitter as well so go follow them oh, yeah. there as well and uh when we know more about the game, be sure to tune in to Radio Sega. We'll share more cool, news we will. On, Thank you. on that. 
So thank, thank you guys. You. And we'll take a quick music break on the Sega Lounge. Uh, we'll actually play um, the ending theme, the acoustic mix of the ending theme of cool. Wonder Boy 3, the Dragon Strap, and we'll just come back for our after hours segment to say goodbye and tell you about all other Radio Sega Live shows. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye bye. different guest sega music news and whatever else we can think of the sega lounge only on radio sega welcome back to the sega lounge uh we just had um the ending theme from monster world 2 or wonder boy 3 dragon strap the acoustic mix this was actually uh, an official uh, remix uh, by the original composer and part of um, an album that came out a few years ago with music from the Wonder Boy series. So this is actually something new that we have on Radio Sega's playlist, so you can request this acoustic mix whenever you want. Uh, I think this was a, a great interview, don't you think, Ravsi? I do agree it was a great interview, even though I'm going to miss my voice when it airs, because, well... <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't much rafsig in, in that mix. It, it wasn't, yeah. but to make up for that, there was a lot, thankfully, of Omar, Ben and KC. And the, the interview was great between the three of them, and I'm glad I, I, I didn't really... I didn't really make, make a difference, made a difference by not being there. Yeah, next time you ne really need to work on your mic. And, uh... We, okay, we need it's to... already on my shopping list. This is the final <laughs> nail in the coffin. <laughs> and, uh, and I think this is the first time. I, I can't remember. Maybe we, we've had someone already. But I can't remember someone else getting a perfect score. Although technically, it's that, 
that that question number seven or what whatever uh, I don't think yeah, they got it right but I you know you know they they know so much about the series and the master to system be honest, when I went check it out it it really made sense to what Omar said but yeah because again, but the question the question was uh, what the game the game was called uh, when released in other systems so that's okay, the, okay, that okay. was the catch but you know I'm I'm a, I'm a nice student so yeah I gave them the point and so <laughs> 10 out of 10 not bad not bad perfect Definitely score not bad. on on the Sega yeah, Lounge challenge next time they come on the show we need to do something completely different and we'll we'll just go, instead of a buster system quiz we'll have to question Omar about the Saturn or the Dreamcast yeah so I think it's going to be to be more interesting yeah exactly we'll, we'll need to do that next time uh, so yeah, yep. so it's time for, for us to say goodbye. This is the After Bower segment of the show, and so we usually do a couple of things uh, during this final segment of the show. Uh, first of all, we talk about upcoming shows on Radio Sega. So we have um, a really nice lineup of, of live shows. You can go to radiose.ga forward slash shows, and you can check it out. Um, it's It's... Needs a bit of updating here because a couple of things have changed, but still, yep. uh, most of it is is correct. Uh, we're working on that, so be patient, please. Be patient. Well, now that I look at it, at least one thing that that has changed is that triple trouble is no more. Yeah, yeah. So coming up next, we have uh, Sega Mixer Drive. Sega Mixer Drive, exactly Ooh, with, with Rexy. Rexy. Mm-hmm. And right after some some of the most most awesome Sega remixes, we will keep on that mood for the last call, right? Exactly. And last call this week is back. So these are the last couple of weeks of season three of, of last call. Season three was a bit slow or slower than last season because again, it's not easy to get people to uh, actually do sets for last call, or at least wasn't easy this year. We'll see what happens next year, but uh, we're closing off season three with a couple of bangs. And um, this this Friday, so tomorrow at 11 p.m. Uh, Western Europe time or UK time, after Sega Mixer Drive is done, uh, we have the awesome, the magnificent Micah. Micah will be back uh, as guest DJ on this week's Great. edition of Last Call. So I hope he includes his Radio Sega 10 Fear music, um, the, the remix of Bridge, Bridge Zone. I hope he, he gets it in there. That song is awesome, and I play it a lot on my show. Awesome. In case you don't know, the Shark Topping show, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Micah's track on, on the, on the, um, the 10, 10 Fear and Adversary track, which is a remix of Bridge Zone. The 8-bit Sonic the Hedgehog version. That song is awesome, and it's nearly always on the top 20 for it for every week. So people enjoy it. I see. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. people will definitely keep enjoying Micah's work. Yeah, I I actually have the set uh, already, but I I haven't had the time to just uh, to to listen through it. But um, I'm sure it's awesome. So it's Micah. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. No definitely. doubt about it. Uh, afterwards, we should have another episode of Chaos Control Center with CD-ROM 1019 and BDX The Bad Influence. Uh, so, after last call is over, which should be at around midnight. So, uh, yeah, a little later because, you know, Sega Mix Drive 
sometimes overruns so um, you know just 10 15 minutes over over that and then it should be fine uh, Saturday we have a Saturday Night Sega uh, we already have a new show on on Saturdays which is the weekend bonanza with Andy he's back but he'll be doing this bi-weekly which means this week we won't have a so, show yeah so he'll be back on the, the Olympic relay yeah right and so he'll be back next week on Saturday so this week uh, the only live show we'll have is Saturday Night Sega. Um, unfortunately, an empty Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, depending on on Donny, um, there's okay. always the chance of having uh, uh, an episode of the Sonic News Show. We'll, we never know. Uh, if there is one, it'll be on on Sunday at midnight, so uh, UK time or Western Europe time. Um, Monday, we still don't have the Manic Monday Show. It'll be back. Uh, in about two weeks but we have RSN Live at 1am uh, Western Europe time and Tuesday we have the Chart Topping Show yay with Rhapsody with yours truly yes <laughs> and so another uh, oh, and this week, week of requests this week is going to feature an interview by by one of our most most dedicated listeners I, I still have to edit out the interview, but it was great, and you will be amazed. Glad to hear a lot okay. more about him and the tracks that he likes. Awesome. Trust me. Awesome. He knows awesome. a lot. Awesome. He knows a lot of stuff. Awesome. So looking forward to that. Uh, after the chart dropping show, we have the opinion zone with the Sonic Show guys, uh, and uh, right after that we have Sega Addicts AM with Sega Addicts guys. And Club Sega returns next week, next Wednesday, uh, with I Need Fruit uh, back from holiday in, in uh, Italy. And uh, he'll be playing more arcade music. And we already miss Club Sega, so it'll be a nice, uh, nice thing to have him back on Radio Sega Airwaves. The Sega Lounge returns next Thursday at 8 pm Western Europe or UK time, as per usual. And we uh, can announce who the, the the next week's guests will be because this time we have uh, a guest already lined up for next week. I think this is the first time this season that I was able to do this. My God, this has been hard. Uh, so at least it was a big a big name. Yeah, it's it's a big name. So next week uh, we'll be having uh, on the show very special guests called Spencer Nielsen which you probably know uh, trust me you've requested a, a lot of his tracks <laughs> probably uh, you, you know him uh, probably as the composer of the US soundtrack of Sonic CD and also the two se uh, Mega CD or Sega CD soundtracks of uh, Echo the Dolphin so you know and he was at some point the head of uh, the Sega of America Music de Department, so uh, lots of stuff to talk about uh, with Spencer next week. And the By thing the is, we'll do it live, so we'll be live next week with Spencer right. Nielsen. So if you have any questions for Spencer regarding his work for Sega, for Sega games, his soundtracks, any specific track you like, you can join us uh, over at Discord next week during the show and we'll try to ask your questions to Spencer Nielsen. So that's something to look forward to, I, I'm sure, I hope at least. <laughs> so yeah, Revsig, thank you so much for joining me 
for uh, this week's episode of the Sega Lounge. It's been fun. It's yeah, been a, an all even, Portuguese even episode. Though I've been fired. I felt like Donnie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of common on the on Sega Lounge for you to fire your co-host, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, people can't behave, so I really need to. You know, fire people but, because yeah, of that it's been, it's been really fun and, uh, and thank you for for having me despite the um, technical issues that arose during the interview yeah uh, we'll uh, uh, we're gonna have you back soon uh, at least when the motorsport manager people come on the show uh, i'll be sure to give you a call and we'll do this together as well so sounds great to me Yep, it's been fun. Um, so keep listening to Radio Sega. You know, we play the best Sega music 24-7. We have all these awesome live shows. Go to radiose.ga forward slash shows to check out the full lineup. Um, the Sega Lounge will be back next week. And we'll leave you with an awesome remix of The Dragon Strap. Because, you know, it's all about um, Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon Strap this week. And so it's a track by Opus Science Collective. A remix of the Dragon Strap called <gasps> the Dragon Strap because, <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds a little familiar. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you enjoy. It's a great track, and I hope you keep enjoying Radio Sega. I've been KC. I've been joined by Revzig. This has been the Sega Lounge, and we'll be back next week. Bye bye. Bye.
Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.